Good morning, Mercy Culture. It's so good to see everybody today. My name is Les, the lead pastor here at Mercy Culture Waco, where we love God, we love people, and we love mercy. Everybody having a good Easter? Amen. The vision of Mercy Culture Church is to take us from corporate encounters with God to daily personal encounters with God. Aren't we thankful for our worship team? Come on, can we thank our worship team this morning? for leading us into the presence of the Lord today. But here at Mercy Culture Church, we, we know that there is only one way to God, and that is through Jesus Christ, his son. But in Jesus, there are many ways to connect with God. And what that means is that there are many ways that you can find relationship with the Lord and find to hear God. We heard about one of them when Laura Lynn shared her Connect With God way in that video. Isn't that beautiful? And I connect with God through solitude as well. It's one of my top ways that I connect with the Lord and just be able to hear God. And because we know that when you can get into the presence of the Lord, hear his voice, and then have the faith to step out in obedience to what he asked you to do, that you cannot fail. I said you can't fail because God is smarter than you. He's smarter than me too. My wife said Amen. Thank the Lord. God is smarter than us. So when we hear his voice and we do what he's asked us to do, there's no failing in, in life when we can get into God's presence. We want to help you to discover how you best connect with God. And MC Connect is the way that we do that. And it is the first step to becoming part of Mercy Culture Church, to learn about our vision, to learn about our values, our leadership standards, our unique characteristics. Just learn who we are and what we're all about. But most importantly, it is the way that we help to disciple people into a daily encounter with God. It is everything. It's why we're here. Because you can't be a successful Christian if you're just encountering the Lord on Sunday. Any more than you can be a successful athlete if you only eat one day a week. You only exercise and practice one day a week. It's got to be a consistent part of your life. And we want to help you to discover God because nobody can disciple like Jesus can disciple. Nobody can teach like Jesus can teach. Nobody can give direction like the Holy Spirit gives direction. We want to help you to find that way. Text the word CONNECT to 59090 to get more information. Uh, next Sunday is our one-year anniversary. Can y'all believe it? It's been a year. We launched one year ago, Easter Sunday, and next Sunday we're going to celebrate that one-year anniversary. I'll tell you, when we came into this tent just a couple of weeks after launching, I did not think we'd still be in here a year later. But God has done so many incredible things right here in this tent, which is our temporary location as we remodel the building right through those doors that you passed when you were on your way in. It's coming along. It's looking beautiful. We'll have an update for you on our building um, next Sunday that we can go over. But we're going to come together, and we're going to celebrate the Mercy Culture way, and that is by encountering the presence of the Lord. We're going to encounter God and have a wonderful time in his presence. Then immediately following the second service, we got food. We've got bounce houses. Who's going to be bouncing out there? Let me see. Yeah, Kellen will do it. We got food. We got bounce houses. We're going to have a lot of fun. Um, but most importantly, we're going to encounter the Lord and celebrate all that God has done for us in this place. And it was also baptisms next week. Yeah. 
If you'd like to be baptized, just text the word baptisms to 59090 for a little form so we can prepare for you. Listen, if you show up and you haven't registered, we'll still baptize you. We'll have all the stuff, but we want you to register. Help us out a little bit so that we can prepare. If it's your first time with us, we want to especially welcome you this morning. Just text the word new to 59090. Yeah. You guessed it. Text the word new to that number. We get a little bit of information. We just want to introduce ourselves to you. I've got one more announcement for you. Um, We are so excited. This coming weekend on Friday and Saturday, beginning at 6 p.m. Friday, all the way through to 6 p.m. Saturday, we are having 24 hours of prayer and worship right here on the grounds. Yeah. And we're not doing this because you need something to do. We're, not, we're certainly not doing it because we need something to do. We are gathering together in prayer and worship because we heard the Lord. And I saw a vision of, of people gathered around a fire all through the night worshiping. And we are partnering with the prophetic word that Pastor Heather came and delivered a few weeks ago that this would be a house of prayer. And we are stewarding that word well. And, and Lauren, our worship leader, who we're so thankful for, she heard the Lord as well and partnered with that word and came back and said, hey, this vision of us uh, praying and, and gathering and worshiping for 24 hours. So we're going to do that. And you can join us anytime. Come and go. You don't have to stay the whole 24 hours. You can join us, pray for whatever time, and come and go. How many of you know there's something special when your prayer and intercession cost you something? You ever been wooed into the presence of the Lord in the middle of the night? There's something special about it. And I love to sleep. But every now and then, the Lord will tap me on the shoulder and just call me into his presence and woo me into his presence at 3 or 4 in the morning. And there's a beautiful, special place. And God is going to bless our obedience to what he's asked us to do. So I invite you to come and take part in that. You can text the word notes to 59090 if you... Sometimes I feel silly saying 59090 over and over again. You could text the word notes to that number, and uh, everything that's in front of me will be sent back to you. Let's go to the word together. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 33, beginning in verse 12. Exodus 33 is a foundational scripture of Mercy Culture Church. If you've been around here for any length of time, you've heard us quote from this scripture. I've preached from this chapter so many times, and it is our benediction every Sunday. Teach us your ways that we may know you and find favor. And here we see Moses speaking to the Lord. The Bible says that Moses spoke to God like a man speaks to his friend. He spoke to the Lord face to face. And Moses said, see, you you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. Now, this is Moses talking to God, like I said, as a man speaks to his friend. Moses is speaking to the Lord face to face, and God tells Moses, I have found favor. You have found favor in my sight, and I will go with you. And what is Moses' response? If I have found favor in your sight, will you go with me? And the Lord says, I'm going to go with you. And Moses says, would you please go with me? Moses knew and recognized how vitally important it was that the presence of the Lord not only went with him, but went with his nation. 
You see, Moses had confidence that God said he found favor. And he had confidence that God was going to go with Moses. But Moses stopped and said, wait, will you go with your people? Will you go with your nation? We can't move forward if you don't go with us. Moses said, I'm not just going to look inward, but I'm going to look outward as well. The presence of the Lord has to go with us. Then in verse 17, God said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. When Moses asked God for his favor and for his presence, God's response is, I'm going to give you rest. In verse 15, and he said to him, if your presence will not go with me, Moses is not playing. Will you go with me? Yes. Will you go with me? Yes. Will you go with me? Yes. Well, if your presence doesn't go with me, he says, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do for you. For you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, again, please show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. Come to tell you this morning that when we learn to rest in Jesus, the dunamis power of Jesus rests in us. Let's pray together. Everybody bow your head and close your eyes. Father, we thank you for your glorious presence. Lord, we thank you for the power and the presence and the glory of God that has filled this room. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would continue to speak this morning. God, give us eyes to see what the Spirit is doing and ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. Lord, I thank you that nobody in this room came to hear me, but we all came to hear you. So we ask that you would speak, Lord. We are listening this morning. Father, I lay down performance, comparison, and the need to impress. Lord, I'm not here to perform for anybody. But Lord, we just want to hear your voice. We just want to hear what you're saying, God. We want to see, receive your guidance and your direction. Father, we thank you. We give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody said amen. 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 Well, the word of the Lord over this house for 2023 is dunamis, the power to strengthen and fortify. The word dunamis is just a Greek word that means power. It means power to strengthen and fortify in our families and in our lives. And that is the prophetic word over Mercy Culture Church in 2023. And if that's the prophetic word over this house and you are a member and submitted to this house, that is the prophetic word over you and your house as well. And so as we've been stewarding this word of strengthening and fortifying, how many of you know when you begin to strengthen and fortify, you start to see some of the cracks that need to be strengthened? When you start to lean into this word and ask God, God, would you give us dunamis power to strengthen and fortify? Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. It's almost like when you invite a handyman to come into your house and start working on some stuff. They never only find the problem that you hired them to fix. There's always something else. Anybody ever had foundation work done? I got this, you know, we live in Texas, right? 
Yeah. And the, the soil in Texas is always moving, just forever moving. And for a place with no earthquakes, we got a lot of foundation problems, especially around here in Waco. If you live in Woodway, God bless you. But do you, none of our doors close right. None of our cabinets close properly. And you ask somebody, come in, fix the door. And all, they, all of a sudden they say, well, this needs to be knocked out. We need to bring this wall down and bring this floor up and rip your roof off and replace it with this. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I just want to close my pantry door. Just forget it. I'll leave it open. The same thing happens when we invite the Lord into strengthening and fortifying our life. He begins to show us all the weak places that need to be strengthened and fortified. Anybody else experienced that this year? And we ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, would you give us the dunamis power to do that? And God shows us the places that need Uh, that need his undergirding and his strength. We see in Acts chapter two, beginning in verse three, and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the Lord gave them utterance. This is the moment that God released his dunamis power into his people. And God, the spirit of the Lord rested on people. You see, Sin brings chaos, but Jesus brings rest. Jesus brings a rest not only to our physical bodies, but a rest to our spirits. That Hebrew word rest is the word nuach, and it means to satisfy, to settle down. It means weighted, ceased, comfort, and to reside. The rest that Jesus wants to bring to our life is the ability to reside in him. The ability to leave behind the chaos of this world and to find the peace that only Jesus can bring. You see, in this world, peace and rest is the absence of something. In this world, peace means it's the absence of war, the absence of conflict, the absence of confusion or fear or anxiety, but in the kingdom, peace is not merely the absence of something. It is the presence of someone. Peace is the presence of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus. We see in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, it says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, of peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Peace is part of the foundation of the kingdom of God. The peace of the Holy Spirit is the thing that God wants to birth within each of us, but we live in a world filled with chaos and confusion and a lack of peace. Jesus knew this. He says in Matthew chapter 11, the joys of being in a tent. I love it. You might as well just acknowledge it and move on. All right. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. This is not some guy that, you know, did a self-help seminar. This is Jesus Christ speaking. This is the son of God. And he said, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy 
and my burden is light. Many of you are walking around with a heavy yoke and a heavy burden. You're walking around with a difficult yoke and a heavy burden. You feel weary. When Jesus has said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, Jesus said, I will give you rest. Somewhere along the way, Christians read that scripture of what the Son of Man said he was coming to do and said, I know what we've got to do. We've got to work really hard. Jesus wants to bring us rest. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. So let's give people a difficult yoke and a heavy burden. And let's have a struggle and strive and earn anything and everything we get from the Lord as if we could ever impress God. The word weary there in this scripture means feeling or showing tiredness, especially as a result of excess exertion or lack of sleep. It's reluctant to see or experience any more of whatever it is you're trying to have me see or experience. It, men, you ever gone shopping at Target with your wives? You feel weary. The other day, my wife, she's giving me a look. Hallelujah. The other day, she FaceTimes me from Target. She's like, babe, I'm shopping for Easter. I said, well, glory to the risen king. <laughs> she said, look, what do you think of these shoes? I said, the only thing worse than shopping for shoes with you in Target is shopping for shoes with you in Target over FaceTime. <laughs> I think all of those shoes are beautiful. You could choose whichever one you want. She's like, well, what do you think about this dress for, I, for London? I love it. Which one? One or two? Two. I like the second one. You didn't even look. You just want to freeze? We got a bad connection. That's weary. God, help my weary soul. Weary means to grow tired or become bored with. I love that word bored that's in that definition for the word weary is so incredible to me because we are living in a society of bored and tired people. You see, in times past, people had two things to maintain their attention and keep them from becoming bored. Number one, you had, to, you had to support your family. And I don't mean they just went to work, which is hard enough. Can I get an amen? What I mean is people had to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and go outside with a candle or a lantern and milk a cow and, and, and plow the field and plant their food. And if they didn't, they, they were going to die right? No one was coming to feed you or to help you. You either plow the field and work like a dog from morning to night, or you're going to die. And so people didn't get bored, right? <laughs> they didn't have a chance to get bored. I hear people say all the time, what did people do back in the day when they didn't have electricity and they came home at the end of the day and they didn't have TV to watch? They went to sleep. They were tired. <laughs> They've been working all day. They were exhausted. And they found meaning. And the second way that we found meaning as a society, as a people, is through our belief in Jesus Christ. And we found meaning through, through our relationship with God and through religious practice. People found meaning. But unfortunately, today in America, we live in a post-Christian society. 
And most people, for the first time in the history of the United States, the majority of people do not find meaning in their religious belief anymore. They just completed a Barna study, and I believe it was 69% of people said, said their faith was not very important to them. First time in, in the history of the United States that a majority of people do not find meaning in their faith. And so we have a lot of bored people. And when you have bored and weary people, it creates a frantic nature. And frantic means just wild or distraught with fear, anxiety, or other emotion. Does that sound familiar to anybody? We have a mental health crisis among the young people of our nation. Suicide has shot through the roof among teenagers all across the United States of America. They are filled with fear and anxiety. It means panic-stricken, beside oneself, insane, or violently mad. Our major cities across the country are becoming almost uninhabitable because of the violence that is running rampant, the insanity of people. People have gotten so bored, they are looking for meaning and peace in anything that they can find it in. It's why we have people who have dedicated their lives to teaching little children that they can choose the gender that they would like to be. It's why in British Columbia and Canada just this past week, they began advertising a, a summer camp program for little boys ages five to eight that fathers pay money to bring their sons to to teach them in a week-long camp how to be drag queens and dance sexually and for adults. Everybody in this room knows instinctively that that's wrong. Every person in this room, no matter your background, has a reaction to that because we know you don't do that to children. What has happened? We're bored. We're weary. We're frantic. We see in Hebrews chapter 10, there's this discussion of the sacrifices that the people are bringing to the temple, not realizing that Jesus has made the ultimate sacrifice. The author of Hebrews is saying they keep bringing lambs and goats and doves and, and they keep sacrificing and sacrificing, saying this blood will cover my sin, but yet all it does is remind them of how sinful they are. And there's this, 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 this chapter here is describing a frantic scene of the people of Israel trying to cover their sins trying to find peace repeatedly. Verse 11 says, the same sacrifices which can never take away sin. But verse 12, when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he did what? He sat down at the right hand of the Father. You, we must learn from Jesus. When Jesus sacrificed, he sat down waiting from that time until his enemy should be made footstools at his feet. He did what? He rested. Jesus is teaching us something through his life. He's teaching us how to steward the presence of God. He's teaching us how to find peace. He's teaching us that the rest of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit cannot be separated. Ah. 
The rest and the power are linked forever. They can't be separated. But we have Christians who think the only way to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit is to never rest. It's to strive and to strive and to strive and to strive. And Jesus teaches us. He shows us through his life. Nobody stewarded the presence like Jesus stewarded the presence. We've got this competition for peace in our society today. We've got people seeking peace through, through drugs. The internet is amazing because you see what people are doing. It's this window into society. I guess people were always weird. We just didn't know about it. They just did their weird stuff in private. And now they film it and put it on the internet so we can all see. But you've got people doing things, looking for peace through mindful breathing. I love that. I'm going to find peace through mindful breathing. You got people saying, I'm going to find peace through self-love, through meditation. I'm just thinking, what are they doing? They're worshiping themselves. Oh, I felt a pushback there. They're worshiping themselves. Jesus plus whatever it is that you're messing with does not equal peace. Listen, one of the spirits, the principalities over the city of Waco, we prayed, we asked the Lord, what are the principalities over the city? One of them was a spirit of false religion. What is false religion? False religion is a mixture. It's why you can go into Christian businesses in this city and they'll be selling Bibles and scriptures and witchcraft kits all in the same place. Read this Bible, open up this, this little uh, a devotional book, and you can burn this sage throughout your house to drive out the spirits and bring peace. It's witchcraft, and it will bring chaos and confusion and fear and anxiety to your life. Well, my mother did it. Well, your mother was involved in witchcraft, and you need to break generational curses. I love you. I want you to be encouraged, but I'm coming out. Come on, let's go. And so Jesus plus whatever else it is are symbols, are things that we want to mix in with the Lord because we haven't learned how to rest in him. So we find peace in whatever, exercise and yoga, and we find peace in, and so, it's so funny. We, we, people couldn't find peace in yoga, so they did hot yoga. And then I didn't find peace in my yoga and sweating, so now I'm going to do goat yoga. If I couldn't find peace in cool yoga or hot yoga, I'm certainly not going to find peace with little animals crawling over my back. <laughs> but chaos is nothing new. The chaos that we experience in the world began in the second verse of the Bible we see it described. Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, the earth was what? Without form and void. The earth was in chaos. It was in darkness. There was nothing it is the natural state of the earth. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Spirit of the Lord brought order to the chaos. Listen to me. Chaos is natural. I've got bad news for you, okay? If you do nothing, you will live in chaos. Why? Because chaos is the natural order of things. Your mind, your body, your spirit, your life will go into chaos if you do nothing. 
you must pursue the Prince of Peace. What happens when we learn to rest in Jesus? I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit as I was preparing for this message, and the Lord said, you cannot celebrate the resurrection without acknowledging that the same power that rose Christ from the dead lives on the inside of us. We learn to rest in the Lord. We learn about the power of the Holy Spirit that is released to us and through us in our resting in him. We see in Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 19, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by what? The blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. Jesus died on the cross. He he willingly gave his life for us. He laid it down. He went to, to hell. He took the keys of death, hell, and the grave from the enemy. He rose again on the third day, and he came to give us power and access to the presence of the Lord. Your principal responsibility as a believer is to steward the presence of God. Your principal responsibility is to steward God's presence. That is what Jesus modeled for us. And this is the reason Jesus died for us. He died to remove the barrier between us and the presence of God. You see, before Jesus died, before what happened that is described in Hebrews chapter 10, there was a physical veil that separated mankind from the presence of the Lord. God's presence was contained in one area in the temple. There was a physical veil that separated us, and you and I could not go into the presence of the Lord. Only once a year, the high priest, after going through many hoops and doing many things, he could enter the presence for a short period of time, make his sacrifices, and leave. But Jesus removed the veil and the separation between us and his presence. But he didn't just do that so that we could just receive his presence, but we are called to steward his presence. Romans chapter 8 verse 9 says, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Say, I am in the spirit. If in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. You see, so many Christians are completely turned inward. We have become full of fear and depression and anxiety, and we have become completely self-absorbed, and we have called our obsession with self humility. So our entire prayer life becomes things like, I'm worthless, I'm useless, and Lord, what can you do with me? And I don't know, and I'm so this, that, and the other, and I, there's no way. And I, you know, people talk about being called to do these things, but Lord, what am I called to do? And you can't use me, and how could I ever? And, and then we call that humility. All of our prayers are about how awful we are instead of about how wonderful he is. 
We tell God what we can't do instead of believing what he told us that he sent us to do. We pick up this false humility and we think that it is a virtue. We think that it's a virtue to stand before the Lord and say, God, I heard what you said. I know what you promised. I know what you told me to do. I don't believe you. You said this, but you're really, your mercy isn't strong enough. Your spirit isn't powerful enough. And I can't do it because I'm so worthless. And Lord, please bless me because of my humility and virtue before you. It's a perfect tool, an attack of the enemy. And it is just as dangerous as thinking you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's just as dangerous a church who says, ah, God can't use us as the one that thinks we're the best thing that ever happened on the face of the earth. It's the same spirit. It is pride that disguises itself as humility. So you have a lot of Christians who have a lot of spirit flowing into us and nothing flowing out. We've come into the presence of God and we have corporate encounters with God and then we go home and we have daily personal encounters and we receive and we receive and we receive and we receive and we tell God we have nothing to give. We don't have faith. We don't believe God for the impossible. And then we pray, teach us our ways. Teach us your ways that you may know you and find favor. What is favor? Favor is the pleasure of God. He told us what pleases him. He said without faith, it is impossible to please God. And you cannot receive joy praying prayers that God has already answered. He's already answered your prayers. He's already answered these things that we're asking him to do. And we put up our obstacles of our lack of faith. And we've got all of this spirit flowing into us and nothing flowing out. And we become a dead sea. The dead sea is dead and lifeless because there's water flowing in and there's nothing flowing out. We see in Matthew chapter 4, this story, one of my favorite stories. I keep saying that, but I, I love the word. But you've got the disciples, and they're on a boat, and they're with Jesus, and they're going across the lake, and then a storm comes. And I can just see it. This is not a, a, a regular storm. Like, this is serious. This is like a Texas storm. I said it in first service. This must have been in South Israel. Like, they, this was no joke. And the winds start blowing, and the lightning is flashing. The thunder is clapping. It might have been hailing. There's wind. There's waves. These disciples are scared for their lives, right? Their knees are knocking. They're afraid. And where is Jesus? He's asleep. Bible says he's at the back of the boat. He's in the stern of the boat, asleep. Wind just... <laughs> he's reclined. He's asleep. And the, the disciples become angry with him. They become furious. They go, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? You don't care we're dying? Are you serious? 
They are furious with the Lord. Why are you asleep? And Jesus gets up. I love it. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And then he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still They were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? And we, so many of us in the boat of Christianity, are living just like these disciples. And when Jesus does awake from his rest and go, Excuse me, Peace be still and commands the winds and the waves to stop. What do many Christians do? They become fearful. They say, who is this? Why? Because most Christians don't know Jesus. Why are we calling people up that are in wheelchairs and laying hands and praying for them? Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm fearful. Who is this? Jesus so rested in the Father and the Father in him that the Bible says that if we were to, if they were to document every miracle that he did in just the three and a half years of his ministry, the Bible says that the whole earth would not be able to contain a record of it. Is that incredible? This is what happens when one man allows the Holy Spirit to rest upon him unhindered. When John the Baptist baptizes Jesus, we see this scene in the word. Jesus comes to be baptized, and John the Baptist, of course, says, no, I can't baptize you. Jesus said, no, this is the will of my Father who sent me. You are to baptize me. And the Bible says in the original language that God rend or ripped open the heavens over him. He ripped open the heavens and descended the spirit of the Lord upon Jesus. And the spirit of God descended upon Jesus like a dove. Now, when we read things in the Bible, it's not because the Lord was just looking for something. You know, he just picked a random bird. There's a reason he chose a dove. One of the things we know about doves is that doves are easily frightened They're not a bird that you can just run up on. They're not a penguin, right? They'll fly away. Didn't say that the Spirit of the Lord descended upon Jesus like an ostrich. It was a dove. And this dove descended upon God. And the dove also has come to be the international symbol of peace. So when God decided to paint a picture for all of us, Of what following the Father looks like, what happened? He ripped open the heavens. He descended his spirit and power upon his son in in an easily frightened bird that represents peace. What is he teaching us? The peace and the power of the Lord are inextricably linked. They cannot be separated one from the other. And also that 
The Holy Spirit is something that must be stewarded well. If you are saved, if you are a believer, you have the Spirit of the Lord in you. God has delivered and set us free, so many of us, and the Spirit of God is inside of us, and God has rescued us and saved us, but I also want the anointing of the Holy Spirit to come upon me. Bill Johnson has this great analogy. He says, imagine if that dove of the Holy Spirit came and rested upon you and this dove was the most important thing in your life. How would you walk through life knowing that dove was on your shoulder? You would be aware of every movement that you made. Don't, don't scare the dove. Don't offend the Holy Spirit. What can I do or say? As I was preparing for this message I was listening to some worship. I was listening to my notes in my car. I was preparing for the message. I'm driving on I-35. The Lord has a sense of humor. <laughs> and I'm right here at this, part, at this part. And I'm listening to my own notes speak back to me because I have them play back to me. And it's saying, you know, be, be aware of the Holy Spirit. Don't offend the Holy Spirit. And somebody cuts me off. Because if you've ever driven on I-35, which everybody in this room has, you know that if you're not 3.6 inches from the car in front of you, they're going to come in and cut you off. It, it drives me crazy. So I'm, I'm driving at a safe distance, and here comes somebody, whoop, cuts me off, about to get me in a wreck. The dove almost flew away. <laughs> but in that moment, I stopped. I asked the Holy Spirit, Lord, let me be sensitive to your presence. I don't want to do anything that offends the Holy Spirit. If I get mad and I get frustrated and I step into my flesh, I'm still saved. I'm still going to heaven. But do I have his presence with me? Do I have his tangible presence with me, ready, walking with me? Got to walk in the rest of the Lord. We've got to receive the revelation of 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us spirit of fear, but of power, of dunamis, and of love, and of a sound mind. Another translation says of the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-control. Isn't that interesting? The power and love and sound mind or self-control is all encompassed in that spirit. The spirit of the Lord gives us power and love and a sound mind and self-control. They are linked together. Acts chapter 2 verse 1 begins to paint the picture of when that same Holy Spirit not only fell upon Jesus, but it fell upon those remnant of his disciples that gathered together in the upper room. This is the promise that the Lord Jesus gave to them. He said, I'm leaving you, but don't fear because I'm going to leave you with a helper. And Jesus told them, if I were to stay with you, 
You couldn't receive this Holy Spirit. I must leave so that my spirit can be with all of you always. In other words, Jesus said, I'm going to leave so that I can lift the limitations off of you. Jesus said, I have taught you. I have modeled for you. I have shown you how to live a life fully at rest with the Father. You need to understand, when Jesus came to earth, he became a man. He was all God and all man at the same time. But Jesus relinquished all of his power when he came to the earth. He was 100% dependent upon the Father. Why did he do that? He did that to show us what a fully laid down life could look like. He wanted to model for us what it could look like if we fully rest in the Father. Matthew chapter 10, verse 7. This is Jesus again speaking to his disciples. He tells us what he has called us to do. He said, and proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then do what? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You receive without paying, now give without pay. The gospel without power is no gospel at all. He said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out devils. That's what Jesus said. Freely you have received, now freely give. A lot of Christians have freely received, and we know that scripture, and then we stop there. There's not a period there. There's a comma. Freely you have received, now freely give. Well, how do I give? First of all, you must recognize that you have something to give away. You have to have the revelation that you have something to give away, that you have a spirit that God has given to you, the, the spirit of the Holy Spirit that God has given to you, that you can release to others. Ryan, if you'll come and begin to play. And you've got to take the risks required to believe God for the impossible. Just last week, there was a moment in the service where I felt healing come into the room. And I asked people to raise their hand if they were sick. And we sent folks to pray for them. And we laid hands on the sick and prayed. And then at the end of that, I asked people to lift their hands if they had received a healing. And I didn't see anyone. Lauren tells me there was one person that lifted their hand. But nobody came forward to give a testimony. And so I, I went to the Lord after that was over. And I asked the Lord, did I make a mistake? Right? That's a normal question to ask God. Did I mess up? Did I make a mistake? Should I not have asked people to lift their hands? Uh, it's an awkward moment. And this is what I heard the Lord say to me. He said, get used to awkward moments if you want to get used to miraculous moments. Yeah. Because the prophetic word over this house, Pastor Landon came a few weeks ago 
I've been listening to prophetic words as we've been preparing for our one-year anniversary. Next week, we've compiled all the words that people have spoken over this house over the last year. And we've been going through it for a video and listening to them, and it's been incredible. Next week's going to be awesome. And I was listening to Pastor Landon deliver this word, and he was preaching. He goes, has the tent been named? Have we named the tent yet? And we're like, no. He goes, it's the tent of miracles. It's the tent of miracles. This is the tent of miracles. Your home is called to be a house of miracles. You are called to release the miraculous into the world. And if we're going to experience the miraculous, we are going to take the risks required. We're going to ask the sick to come forward. We're going to pray for them and ask them to be healed. What if, preacher, what if I pray for somebody to be healed and they don't get healed? Well, pray for them again. What if we pray for them again and we say, do you feel any different? And they say, no. Well, maybe we pray for them again. And what if we do it again and they continue to say no? We keep going back to the secret place and saying, Lord, what am I missing? Lord, what can I, Lord, how am I not resting? God, what, how can I become more yielded to you? Because the problem in the equation is never God. The problem in the equation always comes from us. We ask the Lord to teach us our, his ways that we may find his favor. His favor is his pleasure. He's told us that without faith, it is impossible to please God, but faith does not come by determination. Faith comes by surrender. Faith comes out of rest. It doesn't come out of energy. Because the kingdom of heaven is the kingdom of opposites. It can be very disoriented to us because we live on this earth. But if you want to be first, you've got to be last. If you want to get, you've got to give away. If, if you want to lead, you've got to serve. If you want to be full, you've got to be hungry. If you want power, you've got to rest. Zechariah 4, 6, it says, the Lord said, it's not by power, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. It is why we just keep finding Jesus at rest. When the storm is raging on the boat, he's asleep at the back. When everybody is frantic, he's calm. When they came to arrest him in the garden, Peter took his sword and cut off the ear of the soldier. Peter's my man. That's my kind of friend right there. Just snatched my sword and cut off their ear. I love it. And Jesus, what did Jesus do? He healed his ear. Jesus was at rest. Jesus remained calm. Jesus was unbothered. It's not easy for us to rest. I'll speak for myself. I can struggle with that concept. There was a few years ago, 
Now we had just left a difficult season in ministry. It was the most difficult place we'd ever been. And we hadn't been gone very long, really just a few days. We went to Nikki's precious aunt's house and she has a beautiful lake house on Hot Springs Lake in Arkansas. We're out on the boat. It was winter time, so we weren't in the water, but we were just out and enjoying and having food. And I was filled with anxiety, filled with anxiety. My spirit was frantic. I could feel it churning in my spirit. And I was hearing things from the enemy. I was hearing, you're lazy. You should be at work. You're not building the kingdom. What are you doing? Just going over and over and over in my in my mind just this attack we get back to the house and I called our little spiritual mama Pam some of y'all met her she'll be back again soon but I called her and I said uh, she knew a little bit of what we're going through and I was like I gotta tell you this just happened to me and I was out on the boat and this was a situation she goes there is therefore now a Sabbath rest for the children of God Hebrews chapter 4 I said, yes. She said, there is therefore now a Sabbath rest for the children of God. Yes. There is therefore now a Sabbath rest for the children of God. Close your eyes, everybody. There is therefore now a Sabbath rest for the children of God. Nobody looking around. What did she do? She released a spirit of peace. And I was delivered in that moment. He's looking for a people who will be at rest and he's looking for a place that he can rest. One of his followers was asking Jesus, Jesus, I want to go with you. I I want to follow you. And Jesus responded and he said, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to rest his head. Lord Jesus, let us be a place where you can rest your head. Come on, just begin to tell him that. Come on, just begin to open your mouth and tell him, Jesus, let me be a place you can rest. Holy Spirit, let us be a people upon which you can rest. Ah. Oh, Jesus, teach us. Teach us, God, how to be so dependent upon you that we walk in unimaginable power through our yieldedness to your presence and to you, God. Teach us, Holy Spirit, how to steward your presence. If you have your heavenly language, just begin to pray. No one's prophesying in tongues. We're praying in our heavenly language. Come on, invite the presence of the Holy Spirit in this room.
of depression and fear and anxiety, Holy Spirit. Without anybody looking around, I want to give an opportunity for those of you who say, I want, I want to walk in the rest of the Lord, but the Spirit of the Lord doesn't live on the inside of me. I, I, I haven't given my life to Jesus. I want all of us to pray this prayer together. Come on, from the depths of your spirit, say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I am a sinner. I acknowledge my need of a Savior. Wash me, cleanse me, and set me free. Fill me with your precious Holy Spirit. I give my life to you. I give my heart to you. And I will live for you all of the days of my life as you show me how. In Jesus' name, amen. Now that everybody in the room is saved, we'll just posture your heart to receive. Come on, posture your heart to receive. If you want to kneel, kneel. If you want to stand, stand. If you want to lay down on your face, we've got carpet in the altar. Come to the altar and lay down on your face. But God is going to release power and peace this morning. just see some of you, nobody looking around, I see some of you this week sitting at your desk and just you, you just start laughing when you realize your mind is clear. Ah. The racing thoughts have ceased. He's going to teach us how to rest. Maketh us to lie down in green pastures. Oh God, bring rest, bring rest, bring rest to troubled minds. So, Lord, I release peace. Oh, Karabashini. Peace be still. God, we release peace into marriages. Marriages that have been filled with contempt 
and strife and arguing. We release peace. God, we release peace into parent and child relationships. Lord, I don't care how little or how old they are. I don't care if the problem is with the parent or with the child. God, we release supernatural peace. God, we release peace today into work environments, Lord. Lord, that as your children step into their office, they will so steward your presence that they will release. They will release the spirit of the Lord into the atmosphere and command peace. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. 